Stepped off of the train in this town May look kind of strange, kind of rough all around You don't know what I've been through But you better not stare, better watch your mouth Boy, don't be a fool, no need to be scared But you need to be aware you think you own this town huh, I don't care, the emperors they bear I'm just looking for some brothers in arms And the woman with the long dark all right, welcome to the Texas Hemp Show podcast. This is Russell here with the Texas Hemp Reporter magazine. This is podcast number 112 this week on the show. You can check us out online every week at uh, texashempreporter.com is our website. These podcasts air uh, weekly throughout all the podcast networks, and we often share clips of them on our Instagram and Facebook and LinkedIn and all that jazz. Riding shotgun is Rachel Nelson. Hi, Rachel. How are you this week? You're looking lovely. Thank you. Oh, let me turn you up. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I'm doing great. Good to good to see you here. Uh, uh, always the room always looks better when Rachel comes in studio. So <laughs> good to have you here. You're working on some last minute article or two, mm-hmm. I think, for the magazine. We're kind of on deadline right now for the magazine, so we're we're gonna get that all sent off on Monday in uh, the new. February 2023 edition, first issue of the year, will be out here next month in February. So very excited to get that done and move on. But uh, joining us in the podcast this week, our guest is Aaron Owen of Tejas Hemp, joining us here from the uh, Dripping Springs, Wimberley area out there in Dripping. Uh, let's bring in Aaron Owen, our friend from Tejas Hemp. Uh, welcome to the podcast. How you doing, Aaron? I'm doing well today. Thank you very much. Uh, doing real well. Well, very cool. We've been bumping into you all throughout the last, you know, we all kind of start seeing each other, it seems like, during the fall when all of the events start happening. So we ran into Aaron, I think it was first at the um, Texas Hemp Harvest Festival out there in East Austin. And then I know he was at the Hemp Summit. So we started, there were several things going on out there. I think we even ran into you once again at the Taste of Texas Hemp Cup. So we uh, all kind of, all of us kind of start mingling really <laughs> in this space, as everyone knows, during the fall when uh, some of the events get really going. But uh, great to have you on the show, Aaron. And uh, uh, how's everything going at Tejas, man? Man, it's going all right. It's going well. It was a long, dry summer. Didn't get any rain, and uh, we just finally mm. got a little rain here actually yesterday. So here on the farm, we're, we've been cleaning up last year's production and uh, turning the field over and getting ready to do a little something for the winter and got a little rain, so it'd be hard to complain right now. But when do you typically start planting out there, Aaron? Is it like you know late March, early March? When do you kind of get a, a handle on uh, your you know projected growth season? When does, things, when does your calendar really begin out there? Sure. Yeah. You know, a lot of folks would think naturally that when you're going to farm outside, you're going to go in in something like March. But due to how close we are to the equator here in Texas, our days are they're just really long. And mm-hmm. and we wouldn't the days are still getting longer, actually, in March. And so to be safe in Texas, you want to plant. I mean, I actually will drop seeds on July 4th. That's my deal. It seems really late, but couple things are going on you know you if you want to just grow one set of seeds for example and you're just going to grow them as big and long and strong as possible you could say go in the first week of june maybe the second week of june but what's interesting is 
as you start to scale cannabis production outside and you're growing from seed, you really need to be able to control when you're going to harvest. That's such the big factor, right? If you're growing 10 acres and you harvest the same day, it'll never work because that's 10 acres of material. So what you learn to do is you learn that all cannabis, hemp, type one, two, three, whichever, it's, it's, there's a nature has a vegetative cycle that's basically programmed into the seeds. And so even if you were to take a seed, for example, and you were to plant it in a 12 and 12, 12 hours of light, 12 hours day, uh, dark environment, the seed is still going to veg for a certain amount of time. And that's usually around 30 to 35 days. So once mm-hmm. you know that you can use that to your advantage and you can, and you can plant, let's say July 4th, you plant an acre. Well, what about July, you know, 15th, you could plant another acre, August 1st, yet another acre. Now we know that as we're going into the fall, that the natural light cycles outside are going to trigger the plant to flower. But once you realize that there's a natural veg veg cycle in the seeds themselves, you can actually use that to your advantage and plant two weeks apart, different portions of your crop. And then on the backside, because they were all going into the same flowering light, they'll trigger at different times and you'll be able to harvest in a staggered schedule as well. So, so for us, we, we start July 4th and we'll plant as late as September 1st sometimes. And we're running the risk of freezing on the tail end, but we're basically giving ourselves the biggest opportunity to, to harvest in ships by doing that. Aaron, does anybody do a, does anyone try to plant early and try to get two grow seasons in with the climate in Texas? I mean, you spoke to that weather here uh, yeah. in the long days. I mean, is, is it, isn't it on the, is it possible on the calendar year to, to have a, you know, a, August harvest or a late July harvest and then plant again, as you say, in, in July? So there's, yeah, there's a couple ways that you could accomplish that. If you just start with old fashioned photoperiodic genetics, which are the kind that want to go into flower when the days start getting shorter, or mm-hmm. most people would know as the 12 and 12, mm-hmm. you can't plant those. And let's say that, you know, in agriculture, you're looking at your last freeze, you know, so I'm from West Texas and I always remember the day March 15th because where I'm from, the latest freeze on record is March 15th. Over here, a little more east, a little more north, it may be just guessing March 25th. So the soonest you'd ever want to go into the ground would likely be around that time. Your plants will come up, and due to the days getting shorter, they'll go into flower. But unfortunately, because the days are getting longer going into summer, before they're able to mature, they'll fall back into veg. So you can't actually get a crop out in the spring in that way naturally. Now, there is a way you can do that. And then you could go, let's say you go into a greenhouse and you do a light deprivation. And in Texas, we're in an ideal environment for that. I mean, mm-hmm. it's so warm early on. You can plant in the spring. You can plant early, uh, say just at, you know, say middle of March. And then, you know, by the middle to late April, these girls are ready to go into flower. Well, if you're in a greenhouse, you can start doing light deprivation. And we're in a real good environment to ha- have a crop by July. The other way you'd be able to do it if you don't have greenhouses, which would be my environment because we don't have greenhouses, mm-hmm. <clears throat> is you could use an autoflower genetic and you could definitely go out in the spring and you can get an autoflower to take to maturity to full fruition and then pull that down and be ready to go back in with your fall photoperiodic crop. You know, our um, 
our friend, mutual friend, is um, Eddie over at Oak Cliff Cultivators. I think Eddie told me. Now, he's he, he does, I think, an indoor uh, greenhouse grow. But he grew – he said he planted early in 21, Aaron – and then that freeze hit us, and 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 it, and, it, and, it, and it, he took a real big hit in twenty one. Eddie told me. I mean, that can definitely happen. I do remember when that happened to him. Um, yeah, you I, know, it's just all about infrastructure. I mean, in the end, when you look at flower, I mean, if you look at cannabis states that are into cannabis and and marijuana and flower production, I mean, the truth is, if you have infrastructure, you could get five cuts a year, right? I mean, you just got to have all the infrastructure. And as we're building up here in Texas, I mean. We're not really, you know, I can't say there's production business enough to justify that type of investment from my perspective. So we're back to working with nature, which is fine. Um, mm. And you could get two crops. You could do an auto. You could do a photo. And the truth is that if you're a big farmer, like 5,000 acres, and you're growing hemp for industrial purposes, mm -hmm. you could totally get two crops a year through nature. And you would be fine because they're not looking for those fully mature, finished flowers the way that we are. Right over here on this uh, medicinal side of the industry or the cannabinoid side of the industry, we need a fully mature finished flower to capture the asset that we're targeting. And that's just going to require either more infrastructure or a fall environment, you know. But as we move forward and people start to grow for fiber and grain, which I hope we do get there, yeah, those guys will be able to get two crops in a year because their stuff in the early season will go into flower and then they might go back into veg. But it's still going to grow and then they're going to harvest and they're going to have fiber and they're going to have a little biomass and they're going to have grain and it's all going to work out. Mm -hmm. Well, what that storm though, that Eddie got hit with, I mean, that was like a once in a 50 year freeze or something. Maybe. Yeah. That was a really rare deal that we get, you know, um, zero degrees in, was, in Texas. Yeah. Yeah. That was a wild deal. I mean, it snowed. I don't know how many inches I was in Austin. People were, stuck couldn't go anywhere there was 12 inches of snow on the ground the electricity was out the water was froze up and people like eddie he was out there running out of propane but there was no way to get more <laughs> propane out there to heat the place it was mean, awful that was a pretty wild storm for us this far south yeah well aaron i'm curious kind of about your backstory how you got into this how long you've been doing it can you kind of give us the scoop sure i mean uh I got caught with my first cannabis plants when I was 17 by my parents. So I was like, you know, on it. Um, just a natural love for what was happening with me and cannabis at the time. I mean, I was looking around and alcohol is a big part of our Texas culture. And that was pretty obvious. And then I looked at some of the other extracurriculars that people were getting into and it didn't look very promising. And, and I placed my bet on the one I thought was safe and that was cannabis. And so, you know, naturally took an interest. I got a handful of seeds. I got some plants. My folks found them. Um, my dad specifically, they weren't very happy about that. And uh, and then I just kept on moving from there. You know, after high school, I spent six or seven years pretty full throttle just traveling using Austin as a home base. And in that time, I, I spent a lot of time in the what were then turning on the legal markets like California and got a lot of experience around cannabis production, manufacturing, things of that nature. Uh, then it was my early 20s, and I kind of had to look around, and it was like, I do love cannabis, like, a lot, like, a whole lot. <laughs> do I want to move, you know, but do I want to move to California? <laughs> Not really, you know? Right. Do I want to move to 
Colorado. I mean, too cold. I love Colorado. It's awesome. But like, I love visiting, right? I just love Texas so much. So mm-hmm. I basically had to make myself a decision that either a, I was going to move out of the state or B, I was going to have to do something else. And I, the other thing that I just love is I just love ranching. I just love being outside and I love ranching. So I went back to West Texas and I told myself, don't worry, you're not giving up. It'll come back. It'll come to you. So I moved out there when I was about 23 to 25 full time. And I've been out there ranching all the way up until now when the farm bill came on and well, the pilot program in 2014 turned on. And I aligned with some fellow minded folks up in Colorado and we dove in in late 15, early 16 and started figuring out hemp, CBD, you know, what is this all about? How does it work? We And we just kind of went from there and I saw it as my opportunity to get back in. I was like, all right, we're in. I can legally distribute a cannabis product and this is the path. And so I turned it back on and slowly but surely just been leaning back in to the point where I'm officially, I'd say, full time. Nice. Well, that's really cool. Well, we are going to be doing some marketing for you, I guess, here in 2023. We've kind of got some some products that are going to be profiled in the magazine throughout this 2023. And one of the things that we have here in the studio is your is your tonic water. You've been really pushing this this year, and uh, we have some samples of it here. I, I think we're going to we're going to just try some of this because we have, All right. we're going to do this on the air here in the school. Well, let's tell them what they're trying here. They're trying, what is this? This is Texas first Texas grown Texas made beverage. Thank it's you. uh it's completely sugar free, no calories, no carbs. It's literally all you need. It's, it's, we used to say water and weed is all you need. Right? <laughs> yeah, I, this actually won't be my first time to try it. I love it. It's kind of like cloudy looking, I would describe it, which or smoky, you could say. <laughs> it is cloudy. Yeah, when you're when you're making beverages, it's it's counterintuitive, but you have to do a process called emulsification, right, to get oil and water to mix and you start to add your emulsifier and in our case of course that's an organic plant-based emulsifier but you start to add it you put it in the water it gets cloudy if you want it to get clearer you add more emulsifier which is counterintuitive right right but the more emulsifier you add the clearer it gets the more emulsifier you add the more bitter it gets so many people have you have you tasted other hemp infused beverages that tasted bitter mm-hmm. um yeah I- I can't say I've only tried one by Rose Cannabis and yours, and they're both really good. Um, Rose Cannabis, theirs was like more sweet. This is more um, balanced, and you can kind of taste like that earthy, like hemp flavor. Terp, the terps, I love it. You taste the terpenes in it. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, I um, I actually brought in the New Year drinking this, <laughs> and nice. I mixed it I with gin, it. and it worked really well. But yeah. now I'm doing a dry January, and I've I've use this to like help me get through it so um yeah and i'm curious are we gonna see any other flavors come out are you working on expanding this seltzer line yeah i mean where we are we're just at liftoff right now it's like you know we've created this beverage there's no added sugar it's just it's basically just topo chico and lime Mm -hmm. with hemp in it right Mm -hmm. but like the one thing you mentioned the the earthy flavor i mean the one thing that separates every product I make from everyone else out there is terpenes. We, we go out of our way to extract the terpenes whole, you know, full spectrum and, and hold them aside when we go back and get the cannabinoids 
And then we use the two things to build a product, right? And that's how we do everything. And in this beverage, the reason that it's tastes earthy is because it's got the equivalent of 33% hemp terps in it. And that's a lot of terpenes, right? I mean, mm-hmm. the most the highest terpenes in cannabis are around three to 5%. So we've ramped this up six X, but what happens is you're really dramatically increasing the efficacy. So I, I had yeah. to, we, we, we introduced so much terpenes at one point we found what we felt was the maximum zing. And unfortunately it was great. And I just thought to myself, but this just tastes like weed. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> Not everybody's going to like that. And I really want something for everybody, right? I need to capture the non-cannabis palate. So I backed off to where we are now, which is two parts cannabinoid to one part terps, but that's like 33% terps. And so now are we going to make more flavors? I mean, absolutely. Right. But I, I have to, I have to think about it. And it's like, do I want to spend my time right now trying to come up with flavor two and three, or would I rather spend my time going out there and trying to get flavor one to spread its wings as far and wide as it possibly can and get it, the network built. Right. And then start turning on the other flavors. But without question, my, my intention is to do three varieties of this, this beverage, mm-hmm. which will be three different flavors of, of tonic and right now it's it's 25 milligrams cbd five milligrams thc and then of course 33 percent terps i don't clarify what delta it is because i'm trying to take it back to where this all began which is i know where it'll end up in the end and that's where we don't have to say what delta it is because it's just thc it's mm-hmm. just naturally occurring old-fashioned thc this thc came out of a plant it was not created in a laboratory. It's not isomerized. It's not synthetic. It's real THC and real cannabis oil that was extracted from a real plant. Well, it's also, there's no sugar in these as well. And then, you know, it looks like you're also a part of the uh, um, Go Texan label. You've got the, you've got a couple of labels on here. What's the other product? Uh, yeah, I'm glad you're asking the other image right there. So yeah, that's Tofa technology. Yeah. What, what does that say there? I can't, I don't have my readers on, so I can't read <laughs> that small book. But. It says powered by Terpex. Terpex, that's right. Terpex technology. What is that? Explain that to us. Aaron. That's actually, I'm really glad you asked that. That's cool. No one, not everybody notices that. So Terpex <laughs> is, it's our in-house extraction process and it's patented and it's certified organic. And I can say what it is uh, carefully without giving it away just right. And it's like, basically, in the beginning of all of this, you know, we we started with CO2 extraction because we're trying to be organic and natural, right? And we really quickly reached a scaling issue with CO2. And we were forced to come up with another method. Well, the other methods are typically ethanol. Mm. And we just can't stand ethanol because alcohol, unfortunately, it just it burns up a bunch of your terps and it makes cannabinoids. It deteriorates their integrity, whether anyone wants to admit it or not. And so we're not trying to use ethanol. What do we do? Well, we basically, a partner of mine had a light bulb go off and he, he created a process where we're using a, an organic part of the plant itself to extract the other parts of the plant. I'll just say it like that. And then we went and we got that, or he, he got that process, um, patented which is amazing because i'd only heard of that process once before ever in the world and somehow he went and got it patented which is really cool so terpex is the act of extraction and what we're doing is we're taking all of the material we're putting it into a giant homemade barbecue pit we're inducing vacuum into the barbecue pit to lower the boiling point and then we're 
pulling all the terps off the top, but we're doing it at a low temperature as to not compromise their integrity. Once we get these terpenes over here on the side, we go back to that same material and through this botanical extraction, we pull all the cannabinoids out. So that's Terpex. And, and what that's able us to do is to the point where we are today is we're pulling terps, we're pulling cannabinoids. We then actually have created a process to winterize the cannabinoid oil, which is the process of removing all the fats and lipids. And we're doing that without ever touching ethanol, right? Most people use alcohol to winterize their oil, mm -hmm. but once again, we're trying to stay away from alcohol. So we are starting with a plant coming all the way to a final product with winterized oil with terpenes reintroduced without ever touching ethanol. So it's a huge feat that we've accomplished and it's taken quite a while and we can now do that and we can do it at a pretty substantial scale. And that's Terpex. And are you offering the Terpex service to other companies? Is this something that you're, you just going to keep exclusively with the Tejas hemp brands or is so Terpex is actually owned by a company called EVG extracts in Colorado. The truth okay. is that when EVG started, it was a 40 foot trailer with a buddy of mine. And I was on the other end of the line. I was just down here in Texas. And I, like I said, I didn't want to move up there, or go out of state. So we've just always worked together from okay. day one. Um, so with, with what we've done at the extraction facility in Colorado is we've grown into a pretty substantial building and business and infrastructure. And the business model has always been, it's either A, you're going to create a brand and go push it and make your own thing, or B, you're going to service other brands. And, and our strategy from the extraction perspective was let's set let's let's white label let's make products for other brands and let's not compete with them so that's always been the deal tejas has always just been the texas brand that's the part of the terpex family and that's kind of the way it works so you know no the answer is we don't we don't offer extraction as a service here nor there just because there's not really any money in extraction to be quite frank mm -hmm. there's not a market to support it if you're not involved with what's going on down the line or what's going on to feed the extraction, you're probably not going to make money. Well, very cool. Our guest, Aaron Owen of Tejas Hemp, and we're profiling the new product that he's been had out here the last several months is the Tejas Tonic. And uh, we're going to take a quick commercial break, Aaron, and we'll come back on the other side with our guest, Aaron Owen, as we taste a little bit of the... Uh, the tonic here, getting a, getting maybe are we, we're going to get a little mellow, I think, here after a little bit of this THC CBD as we uh, continue here on podcast number 112 here on the Texas Hemp Show. I'm Russell. She's Rachel. We'll be right back on the other side. It's the Texas Hemp Show. grow. Join Hemp Plan and avoid the risk. TPS Labs exclusive hemp monitoring program. 
Hemp Plan members get one-on-one consulting from knowledgeable consultants who are available when you need them most. If you want to take the guesswork out of growing hemp and focus on what matters most, call TPS Lab today and ask for your free consultation. Take the next step to a successful harvest. Visit tpslab.com or call today at 956-383-0739. Hey, this is Tommy Chong, and you're listening to the Texas Hemp Show. We are ATX Bud Tenders, and we sell marijuana. Nosotros somos los ATX Bud Tenders, y nosotros vendemos marijuana. I can keep up the boot mouth. I can keep up the mouth. Obviously, that was all made up, and obviously, we don't give a We will serve a cop. We'll serve anyone. Real marijuana today. 737-GAS-BUD. ATX budtenders.com contact us now and get weed cheaper than any time in your fucking life do you qualify for medical marijuana Texas allows medical-grade products with THC. If you have a diagnosis of PTSD, neuropathy of any kind, including diabetic, any cancer or seizure disorder, Dr. A at Good Earth MMJ Clinic will help. You believe in cannabis's medical benefits, as do we. VA veterans with PTSD do not fear, as your benefits are protected with a Dr. A's prescription in Texas. Please visit GoodEarth210.com for all details and to book an appointment. Next day appointments available. We're here to get you well, not high. That's Good Earth. Earth210.com. The Texas Hemp Report is available free at over 1,000 CBD and smoke shops across Texas. McAllen, Houston, Austin, Dallas, Lubbock, and San Antonio. Texas lawmakers will be in session this year to improve or alter laws on cannabis products. So stay tuned and informed this legislative season with the Texas Hemp Show podcast and the Texas Hemp Reporter magazine. Would you like to host the Texas Hemp Show podcast at your business or special? event now booking live broadcast from your location with our new demo vehicle the texas green machine email russell at texas hemp reporter at gmail.com now back to the show with your host russell Dowden. Texas Hemp Show podcast. This is podcast 112 this week. We are having uh, creative spirits for creative spirits right here. Our guest this week on the program, Aaron Owen of Tejas Hemp, and we are trying out the Tejas Tonic. And I've had some of this, like Rachel, I had some of this on over the holiday, and I mixed it with, I don't know, I think it was vodka and lime mm-hmm. or something uh, during the, the holiday break. I Actually, I think I texted Aaron and sent him a shot on the phone. Hey, I'm, guess what I'm trying tonight? You know, it was like <laughs> Christmas Eve or New Year's Eve or something like that. But we definitely have a, a – I think it mixes well. Aaron, let me ask you, are you – this has got to be on your agenda, I imagine, but it seems like this would make a great mixer in, you know – 
not bar, but more more liquor store is what I was thinking. Can I can we find these in, you know, some of the liquor stores out there? Have you gotten with a liquor distributor on this yet at all? So I'm definitely in conversation right now with a local distributor that would put us out in the seven surrounding counties around Travis, and that would include um, include several liquor stores, independent owned liquor stores, stuff down in you know independently owned stuff let's say not specs mm-hmm. um i actually just had a nice lady over here today from victoria texas as well they own um texas liquors and so real soon we'll be in all three of their locations down in victoria but you give us about a month or two and i'd say we'll be all over austin and the surrounding counties and likely including several small liquor stores so yeah I'm with you. Here's the thing. Uh, it's good by itself. It's good if you don't want to drink alcohol, and that's mm-hmm. a lot of what I got going on a lot of the time these days. But when I do, I really like a ranch water. Mm-hmm. And I'd say vodka and lime's probably good, but tequila and lime is. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm a tequila girl. But like I said, gin. Gin mixes really well with this, too. Gin. There you go. Yeah, absolutely. Gin would be good. I mean, where I'm from, we don't drink Lone, a Lone Star. You know, we drink all the Lone Star, right? We don't drink <laughs> 24 beers. And until I was 24, I could drink 24 beers and get up at 5 in the morning and be on point and be ready to go. But, you know, at the ripe old age of 40, it's kind of like, hey, the hangovers are starting to hurt worse than they used to. <laughs> it's so, so true. So it's like we needed to find, I mean, the, the exciting thing about this is it's it's fun because we can drink it during the week. We can hydrate while we're drinking it we can catch a buzz and then we don't you know get hung over afterwards yeah and using it socially i think is great you know because you have something to sip on and it's just totally fun my brother he has you know some pretty chronic health conditions where like he can't drink and he loves these things like we're gonna restock soon (laughs) yeah i mean and that's i'm actually i'm glad you said that and then i was listening to your commercials were, were – I actually really like, enjoyed your commercials. I really liked the uh, We Deliver Weed commercial playing <laughs> Dr. Dre. That I'm a fan. Mm-hmm. And uh, the second one was the medical marijuana guy, and he was saying, we're here to get you well, not high. Yeah, yeah. And then, you, Rachel, you bring up your, your brother. I mean, here's something really important that we could touch on. It's like I hear all the time – that people go to Colorado and they go get their stuff right from the soccer moms and the family people and the whatnot. And, and I hear about that and I try to talk to them about it. I'm like, here's the deal. If you want to get well, if you want medicine, you know, cannabis is like a football team with 150 players. And in weed, the quarterback is THC and in hemp, the quarterback is CBD. So if I make a product, let's say a tonic or let's just say some gummies, right? If, if my gummies are actually made from hemp, then CBD is the quarterback, right? So let's say the ratio is five to one, right? Which is what's in this tonic and what's in one of our gummies. And then you've got all the terpenes as well, which those are the cheerleaders. Those are a bonus. 99% of the products on the market don't have any cheerleaders, um, which is no fun, right? So I take a guy right here locally and I start giving him our gummies and our tonic and he's taking them and he's like, man, this is perfect. I'm getting my buzz. I'm sleeping better. And you know what, Aaron, my knees are feeling better. And I'm like, oh, that's great. And then he runs out of his gummies and he runs out of tonic and I'm not around and and it's not easy for him to go get. So he runs to the store and he buys some 10 milligram THC gummies and they would be the equivalent of what's coming out of Colorado or, you know, in hemp, it's coming from synthetic THC. So the five parts of CBD, and all the terpenes, they're just not there. And what he tells me is he's like, Aaron, after about five or six days, 
like, yeah, I take the 10 milligrams and I feel them. I mean, I'm getting high, but my knees are starting to hurt again. And I'm like, that's perfect that you bring this up because it's important to understand that you can actually get all the wellness benefits of real CBD products and THC in the same product. But that's not 99% of the market. 99% of the market is a, a profiteering mechanism that basically is here because of opportunity. And what they see is that the cost of production on a synthetically derived cannabinoid is so cheap or it's cheap, cheap, cheaper. And then when they sell it at market value, they can undercut all the other numbers and they make a substantial margin. And that's great for them and their business. Great. Right. But the user is only getting THC or let's say it's a good product from Colorado. They're getting other cannabinoids as well, but the THC is the quarterback, right? It's the dominant effect. THC is freaking wonderful. I love it. I loved it my whole life, but medicine occurs when all of these pieces and parts work together yeah. and, and THC is in, you know, it gets us high and not all people want to be high and some people want to be high, but not too high. So I think it's important to understand. And for what I do is, is, is it's important, whether it's for me or anyone that you get a, not only is it a full spectrum product, but it's a real hemp product from real hemp plants. It's not synthetic. There's all the cannabinoids in there, the whole football team, there's a bunch of CBD. He's the quarterback and the THC is the tailback. There's just enough to, you know, to push him through for the win. And then you got to have the terpenes too, because that's the cheerleaders and the football team's not good without <laughs> the cheerleaders. Let Go me, ahead. I'm sorry, Aaron. I just wanted to bring up because, you know, you spoke of the quarterback and, mm -hmm. and you know, you were talking about your brother. Um, uh, I believe it was at the Taste of, uh, no, no, it was at the, the Hemp Harvest Festival. I, picked up these products from Aaron for my dad. Dad's got a mild case to moderate case of Parkinson's. And, um, you know, you were talking about the health benefits and, and the quarterback and the cheerleaders and everybody, but you're right, Aaron, it's a, uh, it, it's a, it's a total package that, that when you, from the health side, but I wanted to tell you uh, and ask you, actually, there were two items we got from, from you. Do you recall what those were? Cause one of them really helped dad. And then I just told him to, start taking both of them together. I know you got our relief oil, which yes. is our old fashioned full spectrum CBD oil with 8% hemp drive terpenes on top. And without question, that product significantly helps people with subconscious central nervous system activity. Mm -hmm. So Parkinson's seizures shakes, subconscious central nervous system activity you're moving and you didn't ask to move right that really helps with that and then it also draws inflammation and just helps with overall aches and pains so what i learned on was parkinson's the, the the man had parkinson's he's starting to shake he's starting to have pain he's not sleeping well by taking this full spectrum cbd oil he quit shaking he started being able to sleep and then overall everything was better for him and his quality of life until yeah. the inevitable because it's a degenerative disease. The second thing that you took, I can't recall. I think it may have been focus. Did we oh, start on the yes, focus I think oil? Yes, I think it was. Right. So focus oil is is basically it's full spectrum THCV is what it is. It's That's true right. straight from the plant, whole plant THCV. And it's the most dynamic thing I've ever grown or created. And it's really, really neat. And it applies, pardon, lost my light there. Let me get it back. Um, it really, really applies well for diabetics. That was the big win on our end is we had a friend that 
was pre-diabetic. And after taking this oil for 75 days, she called me really excited one day and was like, I just left my doctor and I'm no longer pre-diabetic. Wow. Uh, and that's all that's all due to the THCV. And we can sit and talk about THCV and the things that it does on a, you know, what it does your in your system and how it works. But once again, you can't just go get THCV isolate and expect to get all these results, right? It's medicine and wellness is in the whole plant. And that's integral. And and that, yeah, that's it right there. And it's it's as you notice, my website doesn't have a lot of expansion and description because I've just kind of been frustrated from day one. Like that right there is straight up organic diabetes medicine. But I can't put that on the label and I can't yeah. put that on my website. But if you take that every single day, I guarantee you that within 90 days, you will lower your A1C. I mean, it actually got to the point where we were on the phone and Zoom calls with the, the University Ole Miss over in Mississippi, and they were interested in doing a clinical trial on people, a controlled environment for THCV and type 2 diabetes. And we haven't executed that yet. We're, we, the, the conversation's still alive. It's just, it just has a lot to do with expenses and multiple people being involved and yada, yada, yada. But in the end, what I can tell you without question is if you take that product right there every day within 90 days, you're likely to have lost weight and you will lower your A1C. No question. Yeah, I bought some actually um, at the Hemp Harvest Festival, the THCV hair, because it says skinny. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I got to try it. It's going to make me skinny. <laughs> but I, I will say, like, it does help with, like, appetite suppression and just kind of giving you a little energy boost. Um, I've had really good results using this. So Absolutely. Yeah, the uh, the full spectrum was a was a big learning curve. I mean, we grew it. We did the whole plant. We're like, all right, this is really wild. We need to dive into this THCV. And the more I studied that, I realized that it's appetite suppression. It's a boost of energy and it increases your body's ability to process blood sugar. So I'm like, well, when I take the focus oil, I don't get a giant boost of energy because the THCV is the tailback in that formula because it's a naturally occurring. There's CBDV and CBD. They're like the two quarterbacks. So I got to go and what happens if we isolate the THCV and get it by itself? And that's what the skinny is. And, and essentially when you take it by itself, you do experience the positive side effects of THCV, which is a dramatic reduction in appetite, a significant boost in energy. I mean, it, it will, you will lose weight. You will, in, it's almost like increasing your metabolism, but I don't want to say that because that's probably doctor talking. I don't think that's what happens. Mm -hmm. I just know that by blocking your CB1 receptor and not allowing cannabinoids to bind there, that we are somehow increasing our body's ability to process blood sugar. Interesting. It'll be interesting to see how the research continues to move. Yeah, I uh, the skinny bottle for me is a social experiment. Um, I mean, I love it too. I take it. Uh, it's just if I have a dull bottle that says focus and it's Personally, I feel like the most valuable medicinally. Skinny's in second place. It's not far off. But then I make the skinny and I call it skinny and put it in a bright, pretty bottle. My experiment is who buys more. And so right. far, what what have you noticed? Skinny all day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. It, it totally got me. It was just an impulse buy. And I, I know you had the gummies, too. And the girl at your booth was like, oh, if you're you if you want to use it for weight loss, then you should definitely get the tincture. And yeah, I was like, get hand it over. I'm buying it right now. <laughs> and I also got your T-shirt. Tell us about what you think. Like when you take 
Do you take a half a dropper, a whole dropper? How much do you take? I take a whole dropper and I just like put it on my tongue, under my tongue and I let it sit there for like, I don't know, 20 seconds. And then I just kind of like wash it down. What do you experience from that? I like, I've noticed that um, my appetite is suppressed. Like I don't feel hungry. I don't want to like bored eat. Um, And it kind of just gives me a little, not like, it doesn't like, tweak me out or anything but it just gives me like a little bit more like focus and um you know I won't say like energy so much but it definitely doesn't make you like sleepy you know like smoking does interesting right it's not like energy but there's something going on and I'm glad you said that it doesn't tweak you out it's it's interesting right it's like I am the last person that can do an upper uppers are just like not for me and Mm -hmm. I mean not in any way shape size or form that's just me personally but anything coffee coffee's different it's caffeine it's a different thing we're being tricked into thinking that we we are aren't tired but with thcv it without question it's got me like all right what are we doing we're doing it we're on it right <laughs> less distraction i'm focused focus focus you're not getting by me i'm laser focused it's just it's like organic adderall or for the yeah. rough and tumble it's weed speed and, yeah and, exactly it's a touch and i think to 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 touch on that as well or add to it is, you know, dad had taken the focus ones too. And I think, you know, he's 75 and, and, and he's, he was an old, you know, first generation hippie Aaron. So, uh, but dad definitely felt like, you know, he said, he said, uh, you know, there seemed to be some clarity there. Uh, and that must've been the focus one. And that was we, the one you got first, right? And then when you, yeah. you dove in deeper and you told me about the Parkinson's, I switched you to the relief. Yeah, and we yeah, and we had both, and we had to we had to make him try one for a little while, and then the other to see where the benefit was of each one, because I think the relief helped with the Parkinson's, and the focus helped with the THCV really helped with um, you know just mental clarity and and uh, I guess maybe sleeping better too. Even I think. I mean, the thing is. It's it's there's subtle nuances, right? I mean, the reality is, as long as it's a whole plant with lots of terpenes in there, it's gonna help a lot because cannabinoids are wonderful, and all cannabis oil is good for something. And and as you get into folks with more specific symptom, I mean, anyone that takes focus overall every day is gonna have a more efficient system, and they're gonna have some clarity, and they're probably gonna sleep better overall because there's still CBD in there, there's still CBDV. It's still going to have anti-inflammation characteristics and so forth. It's just a small fraction of the the power of that particular product is going to be devoted to increasing, um, you know, blood sugar processing and suppressing appetite and giving you energy. So if you you're not worried about that and you really want to go full strong into anti-inflammations and anti-Parkinson's, then you'll just go full blown CBD, right? You don't really need the THCV. Mm-hmm. But how about how about, well, I don't want to say too much, but when we're thinking about future Tejas tonic cans and let's just say that we know how to make an energy mix, that would be kind of fun. Oh, yeah. love that. Yeah. What, uh, any idea there, what you would call that? Or is that going to just. Oh, I don't know what we'll call it. And I don't know if by the time we get there, you know, synthetic <laughs> cannabinoids will be allowed because in order to efficiently, efficiently scale THCV, it's going to need to be converted from CBDV and. I'm not real confident in the future of synthetic cannabinoids right now. And to be honest with you, I don't really sell any. So it's not Mm -hmm. that big of a deal for me. Mm -hmm. But um, I think that what's more exciting about tonic right now is, number one, I would take y'all's insight on what flavors you think we should do next because we need to do flavor two and flavor three. But what happens if we just take the cannabinoids out? 
what happens if we take full spectrum, full spectrum cannabis derived terpenes, we make them water soluble and we put them in a Topo Chico, then what happens? Well, I've done it. And when you do yeah. it, you just drink the Topo Chico and you're like, this is great. It's Topo Chico. I love Topo Chico. It smells a little bit like weed. Hmm. <laughs> Tastes a little bit like weed. That's cool. <laughs> Right, yeah. but I'm drinking it. And I'm drinking it, and I'm not getting stoned. But I'm starting to have a subtle shift in my psyche, and I'm noticing an upward shift, and I'm slightly giggly, and I'm like, "Hold on, am I getting high on terpenes?" I'm not getting high, right? I'm not getting stoned. I don't think they're psychoactive, but are I mean, something's happening. So what I think is that it would be cool to have an NA version. Uh huh. Right. What, what if we had a tonic that Every person that doesn't want to drink alcohol wants to be at the party, wants to have something to sip on, and kind of wants to feel something, but they can't fail a drug test, right? Mm -hmm. I think that's where the NA would come in, and I yeah. think it's probably a pretty good idea. And yeah. I can say that openly because there's very – the reality is when you start trying to do something like this at the scale that we're talking, where are you going to get all the terpenes? Mm -hmm. I mean, if you were to try to recreate my product right now, and I'm, now I'm going to sound – egotistical so i don't I need to slow down but it's like if you wanted to build this product and source these ingredients individually on the same scale and level that these are you'd be priced out because there's so many hemp derived terpenes in there yeah and that's that's where the magic is and there's only a couple providers if not only one in the u.s that even makes them available at that scale and they're expensive and the only reason we can do it is because we just do it ourselves right that's right terp boosted five milligrams thc this thing's got no sugars uh, you got the uh, 25 milligrams of CBD. I'm feeling something, and I don't think it's it's not mellow. I'm, I'm feeling I'm feeling an uplift. Uh, truthfully, for me, uh, I think that the herbs hit first, and I think the cannabinoids follow through. Mm -hmm. That's kind of what I'm getting. Well, what's cooking for you in the spring? I know we have a we have some projects come, that we're working on together here in a April issue that we can talk about later i don't know if i want to throw that out there but what have you got what's cooking for for tejas uh, hemp and and the tejas tonic here as we move into the spring here and for me i'm so excited honestly i'm super excited it's all about the tonic i mean it's literally all about the tonic <laughs> for me you know i came into the space to make products that help people and i've done that but products that help people are really hard to sell when you can't tell them what it helps for on the label or on your website and you know Quite frankly, everybody wants to get high too, and I don't blame them. And so it's like the market has just gone so focused on THC. And it's unfortunate, in my opinion, that they've all been synthetic up until now. But you can get real THC legally at this point. So with that, I'm excited because this tonic, it's amazing. And it seems like the people love it. And for me, it's an opportunity to really do something big. So this is what it's all about for me. 2023's Tejas Tonic all day. I think we'll uh, we'll have, you know, maybe three different flavors by the end of the year. And I think we'll probably have some gummy offerings to match those flavors, which will be fun. And, uh, you know, I'm trying to go in through the beverage industry. What we've done on the cannabis side and on the hemp side is great. But there's much more mature business people, networks, infrastructure out there. And I'm trying to get in on one of those and then work out into the mainstream in that way. So if I do my job right, Tejas Tonic is going to be all over in 2023. And right behind it will be Tejas Tonic gummies. And we will be getting good, solid quality THC and wellness gummies into everyone's hands. 
Well, tell us how they can uh, order online and get that restock uh, fee in there and get get the uh, products in there. And and how can they get an order through you there, Aaron, the Tejas? Yeah, so TejasTonic.com will be launching two days before South by Southwest. And uh, here in the next couple days, maybe by the time this airs, we'll have a redirection page on there um, at TejasTonic.com. So for now... Everything is via TejasHemp.com, our original parent company. Okay. Um, you can, you know, consumers can, we'll mail, we'll mail the singles. We do singles, we do four packs, and we do cases. Um, for stores, we'll ship cases, no problem. Uh, depending on the size and the location, we might go through a distributor and so forth. But for consumers, anywhere as far away as the United States, they can buy a case of this from our website, and we'll pick up the shipping tab. Very and that's cool. kind of the big challenge with um, beverages is that they're expensive to mail. But the best buy for a consumer is to just buy a full case from the website and then let us pay for shipping, and it's dropped off right at their front door. Well, very cool. Uh, I thank you for being on. We look forward to doing some work with you throughout the year in the magazine. I think we'll uh, probably profile this product in the magazine in the coming months, so that's something that we'll – I'll be looking forward to doing, but um, Aaron, it's always great chatting with you. I appreciate you talking with me on the phone um, uh, earlier in the week on some other stuff. So it's good to get your in, your insight all the time. So really appreciate it. Also, you're a member there, the Texas Hemp Coalition, as I am. I think you're a board member, aren't you, Aaron? Yes, sir. Yeah, I'm one of the original uh, That's right. board members. That's right. That's right. So good stuff. Shout out to the Texas Hemp Coalition, and I know that there's going to be a. Uh, Camp, uh, there's a, a capital. Um, uh, what are we doing on the capital with the coalition, Aaron? Is that right. uh, so? Yeah, I mean, here's the thing about the coalition, right? Like, I didn't know about these things, I'm learning right now, and it's, it's, I'm learning and I'm really appreciating and respecting the experience. It's every industry's got to have a, a, a group, right? Some group that goes out and spends their time communicating with the politicians to help drive the language in these bills, mm -hmm. whether it's for better, for worse, or up, down, left, right, or center. And that's what the Texas Hemp Coalition is doing for the hemp industry, right? It's, it's, it's getting people together from all angles of the industry to gather everyone's insight and, and try to, well, not try, I mean, they are literally, we are talking to the politicians daily and working with them to shape the language of the bills that we all got to live with. So it's incredibly important from a business perspective to be involved. So you yep. can drive things in the direction you'd like to see for your business, but it's also important for consumers and individuals to be involved. So you can be in the know yep. and you can also have a voice and get in there. And this is going to be a really uh, interesting legislative session. I mean, yeah, last two years ago, that session was insane. And it's all new to me, but I watched it and I watched it come down to like a freaking chess game and a dog fight. It was like <laughs> the same thing at the same time. It all yeah. went down to the last minute. And at the last minute, you know, our leader was able to circumnavigate the other team and win. And a bill was suppressed that would have banned Delta 8. Oh, and wow. I watched all that with my own eyes and I know exactly who did it. And I know how they did it. No matter what anyone tells you and how they want to claim it, that was all Texas Hemp Coalition. Uh -huh. And, you know, here we are two years later. What's the big battle? And I'd be curious to hear what y'all's insight is. I mean, I think that the big battle is going to be synthetic cannabinoids. And, mm -hmm. you know, I'm pretty, I'm pretty personally, I'm kind of over them. You know, I'd be mm -hmm. curious to hear y'all's perspective. It's not a popular opinion, mine, but this all started with a plant. And when you look forward to see what's going to happen in the end, it's all going to go back to a plant. And you can yeah. look up at Minnesota right now. They've already introduced a bill to make synthetic cannabinoids illegal. 
but they followed it with legalization. Yeah, right. right. Yeah, that's right. And yeah. so it's kind of like, do we want to sit around down here and try to finagle all these loopholes and do all these things so that we can make money right now on synthetic cannabinoids, knowing that we're going to have to get to the next step? Or is it time to just wash that and say, okay, let's just go the next step now and use our time and our energy and our resources in developing yeah. what's coming? Yeah. Because yeah, and it's interesting, you know, the the recent enforcement act on this um, uh, the the dishes uh, saying they're going to enforce, uh, you know, new rules. The uh, I talked to someone in the industry the other day, Aaron, and they just simply said, "Well, you know, when your when your funding comes from uh, when your funding for the dishes uh, department of state health and human health services comes from the lawmakers uh, that are." choosing uh, your budget for the year uh, as we get into session. I, one, one of our colleagues speculated that that may have forced the, because the lawmakers and different senators and, and representatives, they, they vote on their annual budget for the Texas Department of Human Health Services. So um, what do you mean we haven't enforced on this yet? I'm supposed to give you how much money for the year in the fiscal 2024? Just saying. Yeah. That's a, that was it's an like interesting point. Yeah, the first year what happened was there was X amount of expectation and just total speculation like building a business plan as to how many people are going to grow hemp in Texas, right? And they were building this big plan. They worked on it for a year or two and, oh, we're going to have this many and there's going to be this much in revenue. Well, the state of Texas just looked at the TDA and said, all right, we'll accept that number and we'll take this much money. Well, 2019, the market crashes and CBD is not worth anything. And then mm -hmm. 2020... Texas farmers sign up, but only, I don't know, half of what was expected. Well, the state of Texas didn't let TDA off their bill. They said, no, you're going to pay us. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, okay, well, that's not fair, but it only leaves a very minimal amount of money. And whether it's TDA or dishes or DPS, I mean, as the more I learn about it, that's just the way things work, right? And it's like, if there's no money in the kitty to fund or allocate to enforcement mechanism, there's not going to be any enforcement. Yeah. Right. And so now for the first time ever, they're basically saying out loud, okay, now we're actually going to make you have a license. Yeah. And there's okay. a <laughs> uh, <laughs> Nothing new should have already right. been. Yeah. Right. It's like we've had licenses. Well, some of us, right. But, and at the same time, it's all right. I mean, it's nobody's fault. You got to like uh, let this thing grow. I mean, thank respect to them, you know, for letting it grow like fire and not trying to be there and shut everybody down. I mean, they've, They've genuinely created an environment where free commerce can occur and spread at its natural path and rate. And then now that it's out there, they're saying, okay, guys, if you didn't know and you've got a convenience store or a market and you're selling hemp products, hey, we just need you to like give us 75 bucks and get on the list. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's like, cool, sweet, thanks, right? Because they could have been there trying to shut it all down the right. whole time. Thankfully, they were being cool about it. And it's like, here, y'all just go do your thing. All right, now yeah. we're all here. Let's everybody get their belts on, level up. And let's do this thing right. Well, the good thing is, you know, we we at least we're talking about this. I love that we have the publication on this. I love that we have the show. There's other shows like ours that that also talk about this this turbulent space here in the Lone Star State, Aaron. But man, we're all just navigating and trying to figure out, you know, how to how to survive in it, and and um, hopefully we'll get some better, you know, loosen some restrictions. But but that's an interesting point, Aaron, that you make about. Let's just get to the next step. Maybe say this isn't the cannabis we need here in the Lone Star State, but this is the cannabis we need. Yeah, and, and it's it's beyond cannabis, right? So let's think about hemp, and I'm not saying you're not, but hemp 
itself and the whole intention of this thing. It's like, I'm a cannabis guy. Obviously I got caught at 17 with my first plants. Like I'm on the team, but at the <laughs> same time, it's like, there's tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of agricultural acres. And the magic of what this plant can do in real time at scale is, you know, it's a carbon sequester and however they want to say it, right. It's, it's fixing the air. We're growing it twice a year. It's the number one resource for fibers. We can, replace all the things that trees do, you know, are doing now. And it's a renewable resource and all that's real. And we're just not putting any energy there because why will you hear from me and others, people like me all the time? Well, if we grow hemp right now, there's no processing facility. That's a farmer's excuse. I can't drive down the road to the cell barn and drop off my stock because there's not a cell barn. Right. And so that's kind of what we should be doing is creating the environments for those types of things to occur, to build for the future. But we're not. We're arguing about the difference between whether something's made from olivetol and some random thing I got in the mail from China or if it was converted <laughs> from CBD isolate because I use this kind of polarity of acid or whatever, right? It's like none of that matters, right? What matters is the big picture. And the big picture is that we're going to end up growing a lot of hemp in Texas at a, at a very big scale. And it's just not going to get turned on until everybody starts looking at it. Right now, everybody's distracted. Well, Aaron, I appreciate it. That's all the time I got for us, buddy. Tejastonic.com coming in March. In the meantime, you can get your order purchased, any of his products or the tonic at TejasHemp.com. We will uh, look for the Tejas Tonic uh, more available in the stores out there as we get into South by Southwest and, and the spring and the festivals start kicking getting kicked in here in central texas so looking forward to, to seeing the product out there and always great to have your insight on the show as well aaron i appreciate your time man hey thanks both y'all really appreciate it thanks for having me y'all have a wonderful evening and uh, we'll see you around here soon we you will well. we'll see you soon all right there he goes all right well we will wrap this thing up here and then you and i will probably be finishing up the last bit of articles this weekend and mm -hmm. then the magazine goes off to print next week and then uh, we'll get those out across the state the uh, the monday after the super bowl is when the magazines actually start hitting the streets so oh, nice so excited for that but uh, uh thank you aaron uh, for being a part of the show and uh, rachel thank you and uh, of course we'll well, who do we got next week? We've got uh, Lisa Sewell with the uh, Texans for Responsible Marijuana Policy on coming up on the 2nd of February. And then John Bradley from Tetra Hemp down in the Rio Grande Valley will be on. And the 16th and the 23rd of February are open. Oh, Still, nice. so we have to get some um, more people lined up. Yeah, we have to have to get some some folks booked on the show here coming soon. But it's the Texas Hemp Show. Check us out online at the TexasHempReporter.com. We see you guys next week. Thanks for tuning in. <laughs> <laughs>